and welcome. Welcome to another episode of the uh, entrepreneurial series from the milesbetterconversation.com uh, program. And I'm excited today to welcome Douglas Spinell from uh, the Mumby Group to be my guest. Hi, great, great to have you. Uh, so welcome, as I say, welcome everybody to the Miles Better Conversation, the entrepreneurial series. My name, if you don't know who I am already, is Colin Miles, aka The Numbers Guy. And each interview is going to last around about 30 minutes and will allow us to get some insight and tips from our guests. In this series, as I said, I've looked to interview a variety of business owners from around the world and have them reveal what drives them and how they approach their individual in, sorry, their individual businesses. Uh, as it's, I'm making it my mission in 2021 to help as many small entrepreneurs grow, scale and profit faster um, in their business by sharing other people's experiences and tips. Because in today's world, it's all about coaching each other and growing as ships rise, we hope, together. So, as I said, excited to welcome uh, Douglas uh, from Mumby.co, who is also famous, like myself, for <laughs> the loud shirts. And I see Douglas has a nice, very loud shirt. Yes, I think he even gives me a run for my money today. So, uh, uh, I know we were liaising earlier, weren't we, Douglas? Just, How loud is loud? And I said, be big and bold. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I, said, I was struggling a little because, as you know, Colin, they are also somewhat seasonal. So because it's the summer, summer, I went for the butterfly shirt. If it had been <laughs> fall, it would have gone for a personal favorite, oh. which is the purple paisley. Yeah, look. Oh, yeah, you've got it all covered. And that's true. And I did subconsciously, I must have done the same thing this morning because I'm like, that one's got loud and bold and colors. And I'll, I'll choose that. You're right. And stuff. And the sun is shining here. I guess it's shining where you are as well mm -hmm. in Canada. So, uh, so that's great. So, yeah, so great. As I say, it's a bit of fun on a Friday. Um, I love my loud shirts. It means coming to work is a little bit more fun than just the boring, you know, blue shirt and white shirt. I do have some of those, obviously, and stuff. So, yeah, um, so that kind of meeting, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. You have to have the one. But even then, I've been known to wear a loud shirt. And I'm like, well, it's my personality. You know, if you don't like me, I'm, you should see, very animated. And if you don't like that, well, then it, you learn very quickly that we're not going to work together well. So before we leap into the Miles Better Conversation 10, as I like to refer to it, obviously we'd love to give you an opportunity just to introduce yourself. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Douglas and what Douglas is about, and then we'll move into the questions. Sure. Uh, so as a, I know you've met with my wife previously, Anthea Mumby. She and mm -hmm. I spent have been together actually two weeks ago was our 28th wedding anniversary. We've been together 33 right. years. Um, I joined the insurance business, her family insurance business, uh, 24 years ago, uh, where I've been working since. Prior to that, I spent 15 years in the consumer electronics world doing high-end audio video stuff. So my entire career has always been client-facing, sales-based. You know, I built a, that electronics distribution business up back in the 80s and early 90s and stuff like that too. So always been in business for myself one way or the other and then changed that significantly when I joined the family business and my wife became my boss, not only at home, but at work. <laughs> yes, I've got one of those. Uh, it's, uh, my wife, you can, you can say you're the boss, but you know you're not. And I'm like, yes, yes exactly. <laughs> you know, there are t-shirts that say that and that. So you know just how pervasive it is too. It's not just you and I that lives yeah. are like that. It's no, it's all of us. Yeah. No matter how, what we want, want to tell the world. Um, so, I mean, the, 
everything I said in my career has been sales-based and it's always been because I actually look at sales as a proud profession. I know obviously there's a lot of people who outside of it and even unfortunately some people that are inside of it who, you know, have a negative opinion of it, of even of what they do. Because uh, I don't sell anything to anybody. I provide knowledge, I educate them, and I let people make informed decisions. And if what I have doesn't suit them, I I'm happy to tell them it doesn't mm -hmm. suit them. And that mm -hmm. has served me extremely well throughout my career because people who didn't buy from me for one year, reason or other in the past very frequently came back to me yeah. over time. You know, from that electronics industry into this one, I have some of my best friends are, are have came from being clients because I have mm -hmm. that kind of relationship with them. Mm -hmm. uh, I may not be as popular to, to opinion these days. I'm not sure, but I think at no, the I, end of the day, it really is yeah. amongst those who are um, prof true professionals. Mm. You know, clients are first, and we learned a saying a long time ago: "If clients, you you know, look after the clients, the commissions will look after themselves." Correct, correct. I totally agree with that. I have a, a phrase that was talked uh, that I came across earlier in my career. You know, people don't buy what you sell; they buy what you stand for. Because, mm -hmm. as you said, if you if you show that you stand for integrity and that you stand for values, and that you're right, you have their opinions and their best interests at heart, then why wouldn't they? And, and and I think social media, although social media has pros and a lot of cons, you know, ultimately at its base, that's what it was all about, wasn't it? It was social proofing uh, and the fact that, you know, as, as entrepreneurs, that if we can try and get people to, you know, tribes, that's another word, isn't it? And stuff. Right, yeah. Sometimes can go the other way, of course, with tribe becoming a little too uh, aggressive and then, you know, misinformation and all the other sort of things. But uh, um, you're right. I think it, uh, it's a it's an interesting concept, and I think we all the more people that stay with that, more entrepreneurs buy into that concept, the better. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Again, the old idea: if we all looked at, if we all put the other guy first, that means they put me first too. It doesn't mean yeah. that they're. It's only if I put them, you first, and you put me first, then we're all going to do a heck of a lot better in the long run. Indeed, indeed, I agree. And I think that's probably a first tip that we would put out there that, you know, from um, entrepreneur, you know, there are a lot of, I'm starting to work with a lot of younger entrepreneurs, which is very exciting, because mm -hmm. they don't have that life experience that, that you and I, being perhaps the old people now, <laughs> uh, I've got some gray, you've got some gray, so we can, we can laugh about that. that yeah, I do. Uh, my joke is I've got the Mr. Fantastic, if you're a Marvel fan at all, Burns. Yeah. It's the only place yeah. I really have white is right there. <laughs> Well, that's good. It just shows distinction, doesn't it? I think you know, and uh, and stuff. And in fact, one of the questions later on in the uh, the Miles Better Ten is about when we go, if you would go back in time. So you know, that's uh, that's all pretty cool. So good. Well, thank you for your background. I mean, as I say, through the questions, we're going to explore more about you uh, and what you're about and what you bring to your business and how you've overcome things. So we'll tease out more of that as we go through. Excellent. Number one, number one question, uh, perhaps the hardest, just because it's always the first question. Uh, what's the biggest challenge that you have right now in your business and how are you overcoming that, particularly in the light of what's happening in the world as we know it? Uh, I guess the biggest challenge, which without a lot of backstory would be you know, a little more complicated to truly elaborate on, but is you know, pivoting. So, you know, we made a significant change in our business at a macro level just under a year ago, 
which has spun me into two new directions within the insurance, like still in the same business, et cetera, but how I'm approaching it. Once, you know, one is partly inside of a large corporation and then the other is maintaining my own business on outside of that and trying to integrate those. But I think ultimately it comes down to what COVID has drawn to many, many, many of us is, is pivoting. How do I shift to, because the environment under or the, you know, the ground under my feet has changed. How do I regain my balance? You know, if you use a nautical type of thing, you know, the, the, the boat is pitching and yawing both, you know, how do you go both left, right and front back all at the same time? Uh, but you know, managing it around, it's just at the end of the day, it's staying, fo- you know, deciding where you want to go, what matters to you, and then you know, focusing on that and going after it. I know there's all kinds of sayings depending upon which of the many gurus that we followed over the years, and I've been exposed to a lot of them in my decade. You know, is what matters to you most, and put you know, right. put that for for first. And uh, as long as you always come back to that, you'll always end up heading the direction you want to be, even if you end up a slightly different place than you originally planned. No, I, I'd agree with that. And I know that's what Anthea that you mentioned uh, earlier and stuff, and she's been a guest. So if your viewers are interested, please do check out that, that interview as well. Um, but again, that's really what she's all about, isn't it, in her coaching. So mm-hmm. being being your wife and stroke boss, maybe not so much now, you must have a vision because she's all about the vision. So if you don't have a vision, or she gives me one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's probably as good. It's a bit like, yes, I think we're, we're of the same ilk with our wives. Where are we going today, dear? <laughs> I have a strong suspicion I'm going to get a look later, whatever, when she watches this too. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's our interview, it's our conversation, and, you know, exactly. we know where, we know our place, you know. Mm-hmm. So. It's all, it's all, there's the phrase, isn't it? Happy wife, happy life, you know, so, uh, uh, and, and it's true. But I think, you know, just to cover out that and without trivializing that, you know, I've been married myself some, uh, oh, how long am I now? 27, 28 years, I think next year, same sort of thing. Um, you know, and, and as, a, as a relationship, and again, like in business, you've just talked about pivoting, it is about pivoting. As my wife's mm. career went one direction, I pivoted with her. And in my career went one way, we pivoted, then we both accelerated, but we never did this. And mm-hmm. I think that, was, that comes back again to the vision and the mission. We both knew at 25 when we got married, 28 when we finally got married, where we wanted to be at 45. You know, mm-hmm. we wanted to be at 55, and we said 50 was our first target, and we got to where we wanted to be at 50 at 45. So, you know, it does help that the, but there was this, the road was windy. So we laugh, I laugh, we're laughing about the wives, but they have to be on our journey, and we have to be on their journey. So, Absolutely. you know, the point is valid that, it, you know, uh, if you're both keeping yourself at the other person as number one, to use your phrase, I think that's a, that's a great analogy and stuff. So, uh, you know, so that's our that's our pearls of wisdom to the young people listening on relationships. <laughs> okay, so we we're good at everything as gurus and stuff. So cool, good. So pivoting is a number one uh, challenge, but also approaching it as as being dynamic and, and focused. And I think that's a great tip. So thank you for that. Uh, so number two, how do you continue to learn in order to stay on the top of your game? Because the old phrase, if you're not changing, you're going backwards. How do you? And you've said you've pivoted quite dramatically. So, what was that involved? Some new learning, or was it yeah. a reapplication? Yeah, or is it a spin on a variation? Of what you said, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. The side of things, whatever, right? So, um, well, obviously, the the 
joining the large organization, they had a lot of tools that I didn't have as a small organization. So having to learn all of those pieces, having to learn, you know, again, for lack of a better way of saying it, play nice in the sandbox with other people because I was, you know, other than my wife, whatever, we weren't, I wasn't the only decision maker anymore. And you have to follow some of those things. And that's not bad stuff. It's just different stuff. So you have to kind of, figure out how do you fit into that new world. And again, as I said, it doesn't have to be not my career centric or anything else. It really is a play with everybody. If you're moving into a new thing, you mentioned that before we came on the call, how you had relocated. Now you have to function within that world, which is a very different world than the one that you left on yeah. so many different levels. And then being on my own is figuring out how do I, you know, I didn't, I used to have my own infrastructure that was multiple people that were, you know, I, I supported them and as a result, they supported me. And now I'm, there's myself with my, my support partner and that's, you know, it. So now I have to kind of go back to the old days of generating business from square one rather than just having a big machine behind me that kind of fed the, mm -hmm. the uh, go forward model. So. Okay, so yeah, so continually evolving, I think, is is really to to paraphrase what you're there and stuff. So, exactly. and I think you know, in in today's ever changing world, which changes faster, you know, you wake up one morning and it's completely different than it was yesterday. I mean, that's the days of when we both probably started, and you had at least some. Le it seemed chaotic then, but gee, the you know, when I started my <laughs> career in the '80s, early '90s, and you know, it is that was snail's pace compared to what I mean. And just look at what we're doing now. You know, I mean, I couldn't have done, I couldn't run my virtual accounting business the numbers guy from where i am and have clients in the uk back in the early 80s we couldn't do absolutely not. yeah crazy and and i think you know covid in its negativity has also cemented software like Streamyard, like zoom like virtual offices um and has just taken a whole new dynamic and stuff so yeah so i think changes is, is key so as the number question number three is the number of guys to entrepreneurs i'm always interested in if people how they view their numbers within their own business do they fear them do they embrace them do they run for the hills or are they somewhere in the middle so uh, where, where do the numbers in your world are you a creative guy so you let somebody else do the numbers or are you a deep are you the numbers guy for your business and uh, and how does that play so just just some background yeah uh actually it's an interesting question because when you if you've done a lot of the, the psychology profiling stuff there's usually some version of the quadrant thing and there's drivers and there's amiables and so on and so forth. i'm an amiable analytic which is kind of an unusual sort of combination because they're diametric somewhat yeah. i do analytics and i can play with numbers all day long and why not uh i can dive deep into it I, and i could have been an accountant potentially in a different if i thought of things differently. I often say, I wish when you asked the teachers back in school, what am I going to use this math for? They didn't give the, well, you just pass sort of response. And they actually say, because I wasn't going to be an engineer. That's not my style for sure. But, you know, accounting type of math, that is something that I do a lot of those sorts of math these days. I don't have, you know, the education uh, for, you know, the deep dive tax side of it. But so I do the numbers. I understand the numbers uh, and spend a lot of them. My numbers aren't where I would like them to be right now, but that's partly because, A, last year, as Anthony and I worked towards our transition, it took me away from, which in sales is, yesterday's work is today's results. Today's results are next year's, or next week's, or next month's results. And so, you know, it kind of derailed some of that sort of thing. But things are starting to come, have done okay throughout, and they're coming back around again uh, uh, from that side of it. But 
at the same time, I loved the time with people. And that's probably been my biggest, my other, I guess, biggest challenge through the COVID thing is being a very much an amiable, very much a social person. Uh, as a few people I talked to in the same thing, we did really, really well up until about March. And then I know a lot of people started finding, okay, I've done without people too long. Now it's starting yeah. to weigh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. So, uh, um, yeah, my wife, even my, my wife is uh, more of the introvert than the extrovert. I'm obviously, as you are, the amiable extrovert uh, and love meeting people and stuff. And, you know, when I was front-facing in, uh, in retail, very exciting and stuff. So I was really excited when the technology caught up and allowed us to have Zoom calls and interact and stuff. And I started meeting clients that we have I've never met before because I've never seen them because it all be done on the telephone or, you know, being a virtual office uh, type situation. So, no, it, exactly. But even she was starting to say, oh, can we meet people? Can we go back out again? So, uh, uh, and, uh, yeah, mixed mix relationships and stuff. But uh, it's all good. So, no, cool. Good. So, thank you for that. That's that's good. Good. Enjoy your numbers. Uh, it's amazing how many entrepreneurs, certainly the ones I work with, it's probably why they work with me, hate their numbers and that's why they go we've got you and i'm like yeah that's true <laughs> so if you did you wouldn't need me so cool uh, what's your best compliment that you've ever received in your business something that might resonate to a, an appointment yeah, the best compliment overall is variations of the i trust douglas right yeah, yeah. Uh, why do you do business? You know, I don't know, but if I have a question, I know I'm going to get the answer. I always understand the decision I made. And one of the funny ones is from a couple of clients, even though I don't remember an hour later why, I know that I fully understood the decision in the moment because of how I explained it to them and they trusted me to go forward from there. Right. So that's probably I think the biggest one. And it's something that I work very hard to, to generate. I'm the guy who at the restaurant says, I'm sorry, miss, you missed the wine. Oh, <laughs> Bill, right? Okay, but but that but that that shows integrity, doesn't it? I mean, as, as you said right earlier on, um, and I, you know, the fact that you, if you put everybody else first, then that that's integrity, and I think that that builds trust. Um, and in today's world, trust is is huge uh, and can be a really powerful driver. And I think that's a, again a great tip for all entrepreneurs that you know it, it may not be about every penny. It's about the trust that the bill because it's the longer term. People will remember that trust is hard earned but easily broken. I think is a, absolutely a, a, yeah phrase and stuff. So you know you have to have it in your vision, um, and it has to be reminding you continually that because uh, it's easy to go you know and as you say somebody overpays you think oh well they don't know I'll keep quiet but that that's not necessarily the right approach or as you said I haven't been charged enough or you know they've missed this off and I won't tell them it, it you know it's, it's you're right or, it's, from a sales perspective I I want or one of the worst things I've taught salespeople over years one of the worst things is to need the sale the moment you need it you've got a problem mm -hmm. so even if you do need it you have to not need it Yes, <laughs> at least not come across in the fact that I, you know, I can't feed the wife today if you don't sign because you're right. You, you but if you're not prepared to walk from it, you're uh, you're pushing something that isn't right, right, and eventually that will loop back around you. I said in the electronics world, it was pretty straightforward. You could send someone home with a very expensive piece of equipment and be happy about it, and they get home and they realize they may not make their rent payment that month, sort of thing. That comes back to you, and they're not referring friends. No, no, exactly, exactly. So cool. So it's probably a long time. I mean, this was a long time ago. So the question was, what was the driver to take the leap 
and become an entrepreneur. But actually, in this particular question, your whole life you've been an entrepreneur. Haven't you? I mean, your your uh, family business and, and stuff. So maybe what was the let's rephrase that. What was the leap to pivot? Because about a year ago, you said you took you took a fairly thing, and I understand you sold your business, didn't you? Is is the so a sizable the chunk of okay. it, uh, and then yeah, retained a small portion of it, relatively okay. speaking. So what was the driver for that? And that's a fairly big pivot because, again, some entrepreneurs get to that stage. And, you know, our more senior entrepreneurs like ourselves, we want to think about how we're going to sell our business and we're going to exit. So what was the what was the thought process that we might share with some of the listeners? And, and Great question. So, uh, Anthea, I probably may have mentioned as well. I mean, one of the things she says quite frequently, you know, every business is, is really made to be sold at some point. And when do the you know planets line up just right for that sale to be the thing? Sometimes it's a mega corp shows up at your door. We see that in the technology world all the time. You know, uh, Apple with their emails wanted the company that made it really easy to delete the old emails by swipe. So they bought that company. I can't remember what it was. They bought the company that does that, integrated the technology instead of building it from scratch. So sometimes it's something simple like that. Sometimes it's just, you know, our life changes. Uh, in our case, it was, again, it was a planet's kind of lining up. It wasn't driven by COVID, but COVID was ultimately a factor because one of the things we worried about is if some, we have a relatively small team, if someone got sick, how would, you know, we manage the service of those people because we can't find other bodies in the moment and stuff like that. So that was a small piece, but it was, a, you know, it was a piece. The values of what people were offering for our business in particular are particularly high at, at the moment, even at the beginning of COVID. So it was kind of, how do you not take advantage of some of these offers? Uh, technology was changing around us and being able to try to keep up with it was costing us a great deal. And, you know, frankly, we'd both been in it a very long time. Antius from when she was a teenager going into insurance itself. I'd been in it over 20 years at that point uh, as well. As you know, you made the joke about being older. Yeah, I, mean, I was 58 back in May. So I've been working for a yeah. very long time. So it was time, you know, it just kind of was a perfect situation to make the changes. And you always have to keep your eyes on where, you know, when are, the, what are the best opportunities? And, yeah. maybe, and not, it's not a negative uh, or, you know, it's just, this is the time and things are, are just right. Yeah, no, good. Exactly. And I, and I think you're right. That probably the takeaway I would say from that is that it, it, everything is always open for discussion, you know, I think is what you were saying is that, you know, um, you sometimes have to be focused that it's not going to distract. I'm working with one client where we've made the decision with them that he he was being approached and it was taking distraction all the time. It would be a, an approach and then it would fizzle out and, and things like that. Um, and so we sort of said with them, well, no, okay, we're now going to just put the walls up and say, no, go away approaches. If you'll come, the approach is no, we're not going to think about it because mm -hmm. it's distracting. So that was a vision. Uh, there's another mm -hmm. one who's yeah, actively wants out. So now we're looking outside. So I think you're, you're right. It's uh, it, it's about the planets aligning, but it's also knowing when it suits the right moment. Uh, and stuff so cool and that's often what the same answer is why did you become an entrepreneur <laughs> when we talk to the the newer younger uh, entrepreneurs it's like well they've left their corporate world because and that's how i became an entrepreneur i was in corporate land and said had enough i can do this better myself and have the freedom so same sort of thing cool absolutely i've often said over the years that very few people you know grow up planning to go into sales it tends to be something you fall into i did a presentation the bring your parent to teacher thing a few years ago at my daughter when she was young and the point was i know a lot of you want to be computer programmers you think that's going to be your thing but the reality is a bunch of you are not going to be able to do that but your computer programming might lead you into a sale position 
within selling the video games that you wanted to create and stuff like that. So it's not always, it's not usually a plan, but it is quite often, a, you know, comes out of where your passions or your interests were, what took you in that direction. Uh, just again, it's another pivot. Mm, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I totally get that because I was in sales for many years. That's where I was in corporate land as, as uh, you know, in selling and sales and marketing and, and things like that. So very cool, very good, exactly. And then I ran my own dive center. So that was actually selling. We were selling courses and equipment and, and things like that. So I've pivoted many times. So totally get the pivoting. Uh, and you have to do it because you want to do it. And if you don't, you know, life's not a rehearsal, another one I use. You know, mm -hmm. if you don't enjoy what you're doing, change it, you know, because it's life will just keep going. Cool. I believe life's a journey. We're all somewhat in the coaching sector now a little bit as well. Um, but I believe that we all have mentors. Uh, and so what what it would be, not necessarily by name, because I'm not out here to name people, but what did, I assume you do have a mentor or you have had mentors. And what did they bring to the party? What was it that drew you to having a mentor? Because not everybody does. And, you know, we're in that yeah. sector to convince people. I think, you know, my mentors have been very varied, many throughout life. You know, sometimes it's a simple thing. I had one manager years ago who uh, told me, you know, do what you do best and pay for the rest. And his point there being in it, it was insurance. Cause I did a brief stint when I was very young in insurance. I was way too young to get into it at the time, but um, life insurance in particular, the, you know, if you can work an hour and make a hundred dollars, why would you, and you could pay someone else to do a job $20. Why would you do the $20 job was basically yeah. the premise of that. And that doesn't always work because we don't always have the economics to pay the $20 guy. Uh, but you know, if you have that kind of a mindset and you grow to it. So that was one of the first things that I really learned. And I started to build my life around was how to use other resources is what, how that kind of spun in turn. You know, at that time frame, I was introduced to things like Zig Ziglar, uh, you know, um, and all of those sorts of people and places, uh, you know, and gain a lot of the attitudinal stuff there, you know, that came from Zig's messages, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, and all those are those people that were big in the 80s as far as that, and they, all their messages are still resonate with you. Mm -hmm. I still have, you know, again, you're old enough to remember we had tapes. And then we played them in our cars or then Walkmans came out. We played them in a Walkman and then they were yeah. on CD and now we just download them. They're yeah, yeah. podcasts like this uh, that we can uh, have access to. Uh, Tony Robbins was a, uh, someone that we uh, gotten a lot of his in, you know, information from, for him and the other people in the more modern world. And all of them are basically building on all the groundwork that all the, the all of these others may, did way back when yeah. uh, yeah. think and grow rich and all those other, they've all really come, Jim Rohn, whatever, they've all built, just added layers to the, the uh, you know, stood on the shoulders as that other saying is, mm -hmm. you know, of the giants that came before us. Correct. Yeah, no, indeed. And, and and almost in a way, they they are the modern versions of the philosophers of the Greek, you know, you go all the way back to Iliad and Homer, you know, and, you know, the uh, art of war and, and things like that. So they're all, it's been around forever, hasn't it? And I think, mm -hmm how people um, resonate with those and, and finding that that sort of version. So uh, I think that's right. So I think, you know, the key message there for everybody is a mentor is important, you know, and it may not just be somebody who you pay. It may be some a family member, a friend, but, you know, have somebody else uh, in your world. And I think, you know, you're, the key tip in, the, in that conversation was, yeah, to help businesses grow, scale and profit faster, to use my phrase, is you need to 
can't do everything yourself. And as an entrepreneur, we try, we think we can do it. I'm terrible at it myself. Um, I would rather do it myself than not than pay somebody. So I don't always speak, the, don't always walk the walk. Um, but you're right. If you can find somebody to pay $20 and you can charge 100 while you're going off and doing something else over here or and overseeing, that's the way to scale. And, and I think that's, you know, certainly the tips um, more recently. It's something you enjoy. Yes. Right. Exactly. If you're doing your career and you love doing that, spending another hour like that can is no isn't really work for you. Uh, versus mowing the lawn is a simple example. If you think that's a you know drudgery work, go spend an hour doing what you do. Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. So cool. Good. Okay. Well, thank you for that. So uh, we're moving through nicely uh, on to question number seven. So what's something you're researching at the moment? What's what's new i know you've pivoted and you you're doing something different uh, but is there anything exciting coming up in your world um anything that uh, perhaps a book or something uh, well, <laughs> the book is a print so i mean from that perspective or whatever since i use i mean anthony and i actually wrote a book about insurance in general uh it covers all different types whatever about seven or eight years ago and then i wrote a, an individual one a group about group benefits uh, I do have plans to write a succession planning book. There's lots of that stuff out there, you know, from accounting and legal perspective, but the presentations that I want to build my book are on that I've done are more about the, I'll call it the, the psychological or emotional sides of things. And you mentioned, you know, earlier about taking the offers and how distracting they can be. And there's you know a lot that comes into it that isn't just know your numbers and know your legal, your contracts and your buy-sell agreements and those sorts of things. It's what do you mean I'm not going to be the boss anymore? What do you mean I have to share decisions? There's a lot to those things too. So kind of doing that. Otherwise, just the insurance industry, which is where I, you know, where I work, where I live, if you will, from an economic perspective, at least, is changing significantly all the time, you know, all the time. But right now, it's going under undergoing a lot of changes, particularly uh, from my experience, at least here in Canada. So, you know, it's a lot that uh, it's trying to stay up on top of that sort of stuff. Okay, right. Cool. Good, good. So it's always dynamic and pivoting again and moving forward. I think that's a sort of message that's coming through um, consistently, which is great. Now, we talked about both of us being slightly more of the senior age, uh, not, not very old, but, you know, and the, 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 relevant to the next question, if you could go back in time to your 21 year old self, which I know really is only last year for both of us. Yeah. Um, what might you say to yourself? Well, as I said, right when I say this, I'm glad you said it, because usually the, there's that, what would you do differently? And I've often thought that process, and I wouldn't say do anything differently, because everything I've done has led to where I am. You know, if I'd right. done something differently at 21, I wouldn't have met my wife, at, or Auntie, at 25. I wouldn't have <laughs> met my daughter. No, I wouldn't. So I can't undo any moment of it. Uh, I guess the biggest thing would maybe be, A, on a purely personal level, spend more time with certain family people. Right. Um, you know, because you don't realize how long they are, aren't there? Everybody assumes everything is going to be the same tomorrow on every mm -hmm. level. Yeah, there, there will be the same tomorrow, and suddenly you discover that it's not. Uh, and so the biggest first one would probably be to spend more time with the, with the things that are important to you and uh, also to maybe ease up on yourself a touch because, again, entrepreneurs, um, 
in particular, you know, I think tend to be, you referenced the, you know, kind of acting as an island that's all, and you think you have to do it all and you have to achieve and all those other things that come with it. If you believe in the, you know, the birth order dynamics, you know, Auntie and I are both firstborns too. So is that a factor in that whole drive to get where we are sort of stuff? So, you know what, maybe you could take a, a couple more chill because in my, I found that I was thinking about this actually preparing this morning. It's, I've all, I was in awe years ago about these guys that ran their business and everything else. Somehow we were out at seven with their kids to take them to the hockey rink and things like that. How on earth did you do that? Because I don't have time to have lunch. Well, somehow when you figure out what's really, really important to you, you figure out how to have that time. Mm. And it it's, mm. doesn't, you know, no one, I keep going into the local hardware store looking for a week stretcher, you know, where you connect it on to Sunday and connect it on to Saturday and turn the crank and try to get more days in there. I've yet to find one. Mm-hmm. Some people manage to live all those things, it seems, yeah, within the seven days that we do have. So, yeah, no, no, exactly. And I think uh, it's discipline, though, again, isn't it? I mean, they've, they've got to the point where they've said it's important that I take my kids to school. And, you know, one of the mentors I work with um, through the marketing side that I got involved with last year, it's the very same thing. Five o'clock, you try to message him after five o'clock, he's, you'll get a very polite family. You always want to know the thing, you just get family, and you do it twice, and then you know that basically after five o'clock, don't bother because he's family, you know, he mm-hmm. sits and has dinner with his children and whatever. Now, he may get up at 4 30 in the morning, which is not my sort of time, I'm more of a later person, mm-hmm. European rather than early. Um, but yeah, but he, you know, five o'clock, five o'clock, five o'clock, one family, and that's you know, and it, and it works, and eventually, everybody else adapts. And says, okay, that we need to respect that because he will give us 120% here, but after five o'clock, it's not there. But you're right, it's very easy to get started. I have to try and convince my wife, who is continually working at weekends and evenings on with clients, and I'm like, they it will still be there tomorrow. And I'm like, you know, you've got to try and stop. It will otherwise they'll just take advantage, and people do. So I think there is that. There's the balance again, you know. Sometimes I've got some millennial clients who are like, oh, we don't work at the weekends. I'm like, uh, no, that's taking it a little too far. <laughs> if you're a new business that you've just started, um, you know, I, 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 well, how about we talk about oh, it's a holiday? It's a bank holiday on Monday. Uh, you're a self-employed entrepreneur. There are no bank holidays. <laughs> you work what part of bank did you miss? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But you know, hey ho, hey ho. So that's good. All right, so cool. Well, we're coming almost to the end. We're at the question nine now. So thank you for your time. Um, what might be your overriding top business tip if you had one? A pearl of wisdom from Douglas. That's the cherry on the cake. Mm-hmm. Uh Biggest tip would be, I guess, going back to the very beginning, you know, was pick something that you can do, that you can love, uh, you enjoy doing at least, and that you can hold that integrity on to get into something that you, and again, in sales, many of us have been, if you spend enough time in it, you'll have been exposed to positions that didn't were where the people in charge or whatever were not necessarily ex- didn't function within the integrity that you get. So, you know, you got to get out. You got to find that thing that does allow you to do what you do in a way that you can sleep at night. You clients will trust you and they will keep coming back to you, you know, not just a year later or three years later, even in a short transaction type of a world, 
you know, that they will come back to you over time in terms, even if, again, maybe it's just the referrals, but you can keep a, a, a multi-year, multi-decade career building. They'll follow you to another business when you yeah. go to that other career, certainly because they trust you and they know that you won't try to just flog whatever you got your new job is at them. Right. You know, so this doesn't suit you, but here's what we know. Right. Cool. No, exactly. Great. And the last and final question is really the fun question of the of the group uh, of the session. Um, what's your favorite movie and why? Um, I don't know that I have a true single favorite movie. My movie genre in general are pure escapism movies. I mean, I grew up on sci-fi and fantasy books. My dad and I actually wa you know, watched uh, Star Trek. I watched Star Trek with my dad, whatever, in, 60, in the 60s when it came out, uh, you know, sort of thing. So that sort of stuff. Uh, but anything, you know, light things as well. I mean, I have some, some again, I guess some people would call them old movies. Uh, things like Stripes and Caddyshack on the pure oh, comedy yeah. side are some phenomenal movies to me. I can watch them, you know, over and over again. Celebrated uh, its 41st birthday, Caddyshack. It came out in 1980. <laughs> popped up on one of my feeds the other day, and I'm like, 41 years ago. <laughs> Also, some incorrect, politically not overly sensitive comments in the film. No, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, for then, but maybe you know. But uh. yeah, yeah. I mean, and a lot of that, even from you know, from the comedians of the different groups that you know were not correct to themselves even at the time and stuff, and still yeah. aren't. Um, so I mean, that's, that's kind of some of the com comedy stuff, and then I so said the fantasy. I'm a big, big music person. If we, if I'd shown you more shirts, I would have shown you my guitar shirt, you know, oh, as an example. Um, but I'm, I'm not a musician, but I love music. So you know, uh, actually, you know, heavy metal, which is a, a animated movie from the '80s, is a huge personal favorite that I've watched many times and stuff. So, so I get. I don't have that one movie on a on a desert island thing. I always thought that was weird, though. How would you watch it? But <laughs> <laughs> that that's not playing the game, Doctor. <laughs> this is called fantasy. It's you know, yes, you can. You're, you're right, you know. But uh, you know, cool. Good, good, good. Exactly. Well, so thank you so much indeed, uh, Douglas, for taking the time today to 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 share some insight into who you are. Uh, share the shirts as well, which is which is great. <laughs> Get the butterflies in there. Yeah, <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, and obviously, you know, in, in your case, you're slightly different. Some of the others that we've interviewed, where you've you've had a major shift. You've gone through a career. Uh, you've sold a business, which is you know is is really powerful for the viewers and listeners to to think about that, uh, uh, and that your your message resonates. That really. It's about integrity. It's about having a vision of integrity um, and, and enjoying what you do. So, uh, you know, we, we thank you for we thank you for your that time. I think we've been having trundling across the bottom uh, or the on, on the screen about the book. Um, so give it give it another plug because it's our podcast, so we can plug what we like uh, and stuff. So sure. you got a couple of books. These are obviously Canadian centric at the end of the day, but I think most of the information is relatively universal. I mean, in this one, one of the things Anthony often talks about is it's really about how to find an, the right insurance advisor, or frankly, any advisor at the end of the day. Is what are some of the questions? How do you build that trust before you re reach out to them? And then how to make sure that they live up to that trust? Because reality is you're, it's faith at the beginning. Trust, as you said, is earned. It's faith when we first start a relationship. So, you know, some questions there. And then this one, again, we talked earlier about math. Yes. So 
one of the main con concepts in my group book is the fact that at the end of the day, insurance benefits in particular is all math. Right. It really is dollar in, dollar out. The more out, the more we have to put in. So, yeah. you know, okay. the, basically the messaging from there. So, cool. good, good, thank good. You. So once again, thank you, Douglas. We're going to now just wrap it all up. I wanted to thank all the listeners and viewers for listening to, uh, to tuning in to this episode of A Miles Better Conversation. We'd love to hear your thoughts and comments as well as sharing this Miles Better Conversation on your social media fees. We'd love you to check back soon for the next episode, which I think is coming up in a couple of weeks' time when we'll be interviewing uh, Henry Kimball from Galloping to Give, a new entrepreneur who's working in the horse racing sector, which is really quite exciting and something a little different. And, of course, if you would like to be in the hot seat, then please uh, comment below I'm on all numerous platforms you can get at me, and that's I know how Douglas joined us uh, as well, etc. I mentioned right at the back and a couple of times the thing I'm making it my mission in 2021 to help as many entrepreneurs grow, scale, and profit faster. Uh, and I'd love you to grab a free uh, copy of my ebook. We've all got books. Mine's an ebook. Uh, it's called The Accounting is the Language of Business, but a Miles Better Translator. Um, as I look to explain what the 42 key terms are from business accounting uh and uh, it's written in plain speak so that you can understand and if you would get like exactly thank you and uh, you can be found at let the numbers decide.com nice and easy so my six-week mastermind course that's also available there's also a discovery call option if you're interested in finding out a little bit more of who i am uh, and loads of extra media and stuff my name is colin miles aka the numbers guy and this has been a miles better conversation we're going to close out with my latest little promo video and we'll see you on the other side and next time. Great.